Blog Talk Radio. on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to season number six of the Habs 360 podcast. It is our season debut, episode 146 in our uh, history. I'm your host, Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And, well, glad to be back here for another season to bring you the news that have to do with the Montreal Canadiens because that's what we're here for. Montreal Canadiens are our team. It's your team. And we're going to keep you informed on everything going on, on and off the ice. And well, it's been known. It's been uh, even uh, mentioned by um, on the internet by fellow uh, websites and they've confirmed as well that Habs360 is the most informative and interactive podcast, Montreal Canadiens podcast, that's out there. So normally, our live broadcasts will be on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So for our season premiere, we are on a special date and special time. But don't worry, everything will go back to normal coming up in just a couple of days. Well, you probably heard it off the bat. We have a brand new intro here on Habs360. I hope you enjoyed it. You let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also let, let us know via email at chrisg at allhabs.net. We're going to be having some new features for you this season. We'll be keeping you uh, more updated on the Montreal Canadiens prospects. 
with a regular update from uh, the AHL. I was about to say the Hamilton Bulldogs, but that's not the case anymore. It's uh, the St. John's Ice Caps. So we'll be getting regular uh, monthly updates on what's going on in the farm and looking forward to a potential call-up for the Montreal Canadiens and the, the future of this team. We're also going to have some brand new segments. The first one debuting tonight on this episode with the truth or false. So that is coming up later in uh, in uh, in this episode. So stay tuned. You're going to love it. And, well, for followers on Twitter, we're going to have contests like we have every year, like every season. Habs Contest will be back in collaboration with r2canvas.com, so you'll get more details on that in uh, today's episode as well. We're also going to have our partnership with Frameworks Sports, so we're going to have some great prizes to give away with them. So stay tuned on Habs360 here on the podcast and on Twitter to get um, more information. We'll also be keeping you uh, informed by bringing you some guests like we do every year. We had great guests last year. We had Chris Cuthbert from TSN who joined us uh, during the playoff run, John Bartlett, etc. So we'll be bringing you uh, all guests who are close to the Montreal Canadiens and will be able to bring us in the uh, dressing room and give us their insight on the Montreal Canadiens. And like I mentioned, Habs360 is the most informative and interactive. So we'll be reading your tweets like we do during every episode at Habs360. And also we'll be taking your phone calls uh, for uh, during most of the episodes. Well, enough of the blah, blah. It's time to get it started. And while joining me this season... He, he is my co-host for tonight's episode. He is the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. And while his Twitter handle has changed, so note that the Twitter handle is All Habs. That's it. It's pretty simple to remember. And while if you're a Habs fan, you're probably already following. But if you're not, you know what to do. You go to Twitter and hit that follow button when you see that the Twitter handle All Habs and uh, running that account is my co-host for the night, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing? Thrilled to be sitting in the co-host chair again, Chris. Uh, glad to be back for a new season and uh, and on, as you said, the most informative and interactive podcast anywhere, anywhere, really anywhere. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, as you said, there's going to be changes with the podcast. There's changes with the um, the website as well, and, and we're going to be happy to be introducing fans to those uh, changes as we go along. The first you mentioned, um, the Twitter account has changed to All Habs. It's, it's uh, now easy to follow us, whether you look for us on Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest or YouTube. You just have to plug in All Habs. One name for all of those sites and you'll be taken directly to our account. And uh, because we're we, we're proud to have built um, this large global community of of, of fans on social media, um, we we're the most uh, engaging website, um, um, and we're also the more, most trusted source for Habs news, uh, analysis, opinion, debate. Um, 
so it's 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 a good it's a good marriage between uh, the uh, the most trusted website and the most informative podcast. And I'm I'm just happy to be here with you once again. It was great, and uh, later on today's uh, episode, we can even talk about more about uh, the changes that happen over on the allhabs.net website. But first, we're all excited. Uh, Montreal Canadiens training camp is underway. First preseason game tomorrow night against those Toronto Maple Leafs, our favorites, who are actually in action tonight. Two games against the Ottawa Senators simultaneously. You'll only see that in uh, preseason. But the Montreal Canadiens season officially starts uh, at the golf tournament. And well, in this year's golf tournament, uh, the GM, Mark Bergevin, announced that the Canadians will name a captain before the end of training camp. And well, he was right. One was announced, and the uh, the, cap- the 29th captain of the Montreal Canadiens history is Max Pacioretty. So let's hear uh, Max's comments at the press conference. It, in my mind, it is the biggest honor. Um, it's it's it, I just can't believe that I'll be put in the same category as the the people before me, and I, I really am honored. And and that's what is the most shocking part about this uh, is for me is I'm I'm not I don't think I belong in the same sentence as as any of those uh, 28 other captains. I. Uh, you know, once it sinks in, it's going to be, um, you know, a little bit easier. But right now, I'm definitely still in shock. I don't want to look down because I might get too emotional. <laughs> so we heard that from Max Pacioretty, and, and he was emotional throughout uh, that entire press conference that uh, he was joined by uh, Michel Terrier and uh, Marc Bergevin. And the process, while well, he wasn't named by management, there was a vote. So all the players who were on the roster at the end of last season had a vote, and the vote was made. They just couldn't vote for themselves, and they couldn't vote for uh, Carey Price. And, well, they didn't give us the exact results, but Mark Bergevin did say that, well, they didn't need to count twice. So it shows that uh, Max Patretti probably got the majority of, uh, of the votes. And I got to tell you, last season... Uh, we knew that a captain would be named this season. Well, we didn't know for a fact, but uh, I think everybody saw that coming. And while the name that that right away volunteered was Max Pacioretty, because you saw him last year when he was named on um, as an assistant captain last year, you saw he took on this extra responsibility. The way he was talking, the way he was presenting, he seemed a lot more mature than he did in the past. And to me, he was uh, the right choice to be uh, the Canadiens' 29th captain. Rick, uh, were you surprised with the uh, nomination? I'm right along there with you. I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I don't I don't think... Uh, certainly, um, I know there was some surprise, some talk uh, uh, amongst media members and some some of the the fans, but certainly our our readers, uh, we did a poll. Uh, as you know, the uh, All Habs does a weekly poll, and one of our polls at the end of August was we dealt with the question who would be the best, um, who would be the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens. By um, a 68% majority, our readers picked Max Pacioretty. Uh, 
and then um, Brendan Gallagher, Tom's Mechanics, uh, P.K. Subban, Andre Markov followed in that order. Um, I, I think the only choice uh, was was uh, Max Pacioretty. Whether it was a management decision or whether it was a, um, a this, which it turned out to be a decision by the players, uh, Max was was likely going to uh, get this. Um, he certainly has the room. Uh, he's very respected in the room. Um, I thought it was it was really telling. Um, Andre Markov's comments afterwards uh, when he was asked and and uh, he said um, you know they asked what was going to change and he said basically said nothing's going to change inside the room we know who the leaders are they've already been acting as leaders uh, we know what goes on in the room you don't um, but this just um, you know solidifies it for for the public uh, for the media for uh, ice officials. Uh, but basically that, that they were going to proceed in the exact same way. And I, I think, you know, those of us who followed the Canadians for a long time have have seen that that um, this is this is the 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 person who leads the I mean, you know, this let's 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 put all the cards on the table. This is Carey Price's team. Rules being what they are. Um he was excluded from the vote. Um, so Max Pacioretty is is right there uh, instead. And and you know we even heard during that news conference that um, and I think it's one of the reasons why what's that started all the emotion was that Max Pacioretty um, was the choice of Elise Belleville. and um, she you know the reporter said Elise conveyed to him that. Well, Elise loves P.K. Subban. She feels that um, Pacioretty has the right profile uh, to be captain. And she, she even went as far to say that shares some of the um, uh, calm, quiet leadership that, that her husband did, which is, um, you know, I think that's, that's what really impacted uh, Max when during the, the uh press conference and you could see how much the captaincy meant to him as he, you know, his, his uh, tears welled up in his eyes and he became, became quite emotional. And then the clip that you played when he said he, he couldn't look down at the sea because he, on his sweater, because he just got too, uh, too emotional. And well, um, I'm going to have to apologize to, uh, to Max Pacioretty for some comments that I made a couple of years back, on back then when it was called Chad Habs, when Max Pacioretty was called up by the Montreal Canadiens and he was played in uh, the third or fourth line, he said, well, if, if I'm not playing the top two lines, send me down to uh, to Hamilton. And at that time, I, I, I said that I didn't like those comments, that I thought that he wasn't showing any leadership and I was really disappointed uh, that he made those comments, and I took some heat about it back then. I stood behind my words back then, but uh, Max Pacioretty did prove me wrong, so to that I owe an apology, but at the same time, I'm happy that uh, that I was wrong, and that he was right, and that we have a, a solid Max Pacioretty, who for the third season in a row, he's going to try and hit that 40-goal mark. He's been pretty close the last two seasons, and well, hopefully... 
uh, he'll be able to get it uh, this season. Yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, I think it's important to have a leader. Um, in our case, we had many leaders in this dressing room, and I think it's the right choice. I mean, we knew that there was going to be a process to the whole thing, and there were different facets to the selection that we all respected. And ultimately, the decision was made by management, and that's we're all that's our job to follow and make sure that we're prepared to start the season with Max as our captain. So, well, I guess the real debate or was between PK Subban and Max Pacioretty, right? I don't think uh, anybody else besides those two players had the chance of uh, being the name of the captain. Well, P.K. Subban was disappointed. You can't blame him, right? Well, he said he wasn't, but you you got to be disappointed when you're when you're so close. And this nothing against uh, P.K. Subban, but he he remains. He keeps an A. In fact, so does Markov. So does Thomas Plekanec. And well, an A was also added to Brendan Gallagher. There was some push from uh, the media and the fans that uh, Britton Gallagher deserved to be the captain. And, well, he ended up getting an A as well. So the Canadians will have four assistant captains. So it will be Markov and Gallagher, who will alternate for uh, on half the games. And the other half will be uh, P.K. Subban and uh, Thomas Plekanec. And now, Rick, we all know that Carey Price is probably the the real captain of this team. So we have four assistant captains. We have the captain, Max Pacioretty, and we have Carey Price. So that makes six out of the 20 players on the ice will be considered a captain. So that's about one-third of the team. Like, isn't that a little bit too much? I'm trying to think now that they're maybe they're, they're overkilling this uh, this leadership team by naming one-third of the team. As uh, as part of their leadership group, um, it's it's certainly uh, not a typical structure, but um, I think I think they're just recognizing the management is rec- recognizing, um, and and to be clear, the the alternate captains were not elected; they were they were selected by management. Um, um, I, I think the management is just recognizing that. Uh, these people are the the core group, uh, the ones who are the leaders. And rather than rather than setting up a situation where there's potential for any kind of division in the in the dressing room, they're bringing everybody into the mix. Um, you know, PK Subban could could have um, been upset, and 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 I, I think he was to a certain degree. Um, I think it was a little bit telling in that clip that you played that he didn't acknowledge that his his teammates were the one who had selected Max Pacioretty. He said he was talking about the process, but he said it was ultimately decided by management. Um, and we heard that throughout the media. Um, Brandon Kelly from the Gazette, uh, Jack Todd, all said that, oh, this was all driven by the team. I don't, I don't think it was. Um, uh, by the management, uh, this was driven by the players, and I think having those players in control um, of the room um, makes it a, a, a tighter room. It makes it makes it um, less likely that that there's going to be those divisions. 
um, you know, even back, we, we remember when, when the, the, you know, Yaroslav Halak was leaking through his agent, was leaking things through the, to the um, media. Glenn Metropolitan was le- leaking things out. There was lots of dressing rooms where, where it was divided, even recently. Um, and, and this leads to a pretty strong room. And, and to a player at the end of their exit interviews last year, they said this was the tightest group that they had ever played with. And I think that's um, management is just recognizing that we have a strong group. We have a strong core. They're in complete control of the 20 players. And, um, and so they're just acknowledging what already exists in the room, is my opinion anyway. Yeah, and that's what it is. I'm sure they're acknowledging. So I understand why, like, they wouldn't take out the A from Markov, that they wouldn't take off the A from Plekanitz, and they wouldn't take away the A from Piki Suban because, well, they had it on from last season. But the way that I that I think about it is, well, for Brendan Gallagher, and don't get me wrong, I think Brendan Gallagher, he's a he's a role model that he always gives 110 percent cliche on every single shift but could they could they have waited i think they could have waited and i don't think anybody would have uh i think everybody would have understood if you wouldn't have gotten uh, the a under these uh circumstances but whatever it it, it is uh what the canines decided six out of 20 so i'm last year when michel terrien said when you had to make big decisions he would talk to his leadership group. Well, this year he'll be bringing one third of the team with him to be making uh, these uh, decisions. Will be quite, uh, quite the uh, committee. And I guess for post-game press conferences, the reporters will have a lot more leaders to uh, to speak about. So let us know. Do you think a captain, four assistants, and Carey Price is that too many leaders in the team? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. We're going to take our first break of the season. On the other side, Wachnitz made some off-season acquisitions up front. Alex Galchenyuk signed an extension and a lot more, so we'll talk about that and more. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Hi. I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, 
an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 146 of uh, Habs 360 for this uh, September 21st, 2015. I'm Chris G at Christian 1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens. Uh, Twitter handle is at allhabs, all in uh, one word. So on July 31st, it was announced that Alex Gelchenyuk signed a two-year bridge contract, average value at $2.8 million. So that came, at least to me, I thought that it came with a lot of uh, drama around it because during the offseason, Galchenyuk fired his agent and there was reports that was that was uh, published by the Journal de Montréal who said that, well, the agent was fired because of uh, Galchenyuk's father, and Galchenyuk switched to uh, Pat Brisson, who also has other agents on the team like P.K. Subban and uh, Max Pacioretty. Then there was a break in uh, negotiations, and Rick, at one point, I thought that this would end up in a holdout, which is exactly what happened with uh, P.K. Subban when um, when he was signing his uh, bridge contract. But finally, it uh, they did sign. And it was also announced at the golf tournament that Galchenyuk will play center uh, starting in uh, the preseason. So now there's no more distractions. The contract is signed. Uh, he's going to be playing center, so he won't have to uh, answer those questions anymore. But now, Rick, Galchenyuk this season has to show us and the Montreal Canadiens what he's got. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it's you know the Canadians. It's been it's been a while since they've had such a high pick to to be picking third overall. It was a season before was as a Habs fan for all Habs fans was brutal. Um, you you go through that in order to have a good pick in the draft. Got Galchenyuk, but now fans are are I think they want to see some results, and I think there's been um, discussion whether. Whether Galchenyuk's been um, hampered a little bit too much, uh, you know, held back a little bit too much, uh, he hasn't um, he hasn't maybe gotten the the ice time, he hasn't maybe gotten the the power play um, shifts, um, and he certainly, uh, you know, the the shifts at center have been rare. Uh, but this season, you know, as you said, there there should be no excuses. The contract signed, we know he's going to be here. Um, for a couple of years, he's in in um, the training camp. He's got two excellent line mates. Um, 
on the right side, um, Alex Salmon um, signed in the offseason. And uh, on the left side, Lars Eller moves from uh, center to left wing. And Galchenyuk's always had very good chemistry with, with Eller. Uh, they've been great in, in uh, the preseason, in the red-white game. Um, that line had, had nine points um, in a 6-2 to two win for for. Team White. Um, they were out there. They they had possession. They they were incredibly long shifts, um, and and I think um, you know. And and let's say um, it, people can say, well, this is just preseason or this is just intramural. But um, we can say that in the red white game, um, the Galchenyuk line was matched against the Plakanitz line. So this is one of the best defensive centers in the game. Um, so it's, uh, their accomplishment was nothing to sneeze at. Um, and, and uh, you know, you, you're going to fall down when, when I say this, but I think Tyrion made an excellent decision. Um, Lars Eller is a much better center than, than he is a winger, but I can see that, that pairing him with Galchenyuk um, when when Galchenyuk, if he starts to struggle during the season on face-offs, um, you're going to see Lars Eller move in there. Uh, Lars Eller, one of the best centermen on the team last last season. And also, where where Galchenyuk has sometimes um, had problems and, and struggles, and that is on the back check. And you heard uh, Galchenyuk in one of the news conferences say the system that they're going to play is is the first guy back essentially plays the, the center role, whether that's Galchenyuk, whether that's Eller. And we know that Eller's a superb defensive forward. So I think it's set up really well for um, Alex Galchenyuk to, to succeed. Um, now he has, to, he has to, to do it. He has to prove it. And it looks like he's going to, to for the foreseeable future, center the second line. Um, you know, he'll probably be getting um, a lot of, uh, uh, a little bit of power play time. And um, for the Canadians to have two scoring lines, if it works out the way it's been set up in um, the training camp with Lacanet centering the first line with Pacioretty once he's healthy and Gallagher second line, um, Galchenyuk, Eller, and Semin. But those are true the potentially, uh, depending on if they're let loose, potentially those are two uh, potentially offensive line, potent offensive lines. Um, so I, you know, I'm I'm excited about it. I think fans are excited about it. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this line, and um, I think that that. Um, from what I've seen, uh, Galchenyuk's going to be given some time to, to, you know, he's going to struggle, but I think he's going to uh, be given some time to work through that uh, with Lars Eller there and Alex Semin to um, insulate him from some of those, those uh, difficulties. I still can't believe you said Terry made a good decision. <laughs> oh no! You didn't sorry. hear anything I said after decision. that, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I still can't believe you said that. Uh, so, um, 
so we know Terry in the past, two seasons ago, when uh, Daniel Briere was a Montreal Canadiens, he had a chance to play with uh, Plekanec and Pacioretty. Uh, and last year, Par- uh, Pierre Parato played with uh, Dernan and Pacioretty as well. But then, as soon as the season started, they didn't get a long leash. After a couple of games, when he didn't get the production that uh, the coach was expecting, while they're being uh, split up and the lines were being shuffled. And I think the same thing is going to happen with this line, with Eller, Gilchenik, and Sam, in that if it doesn't produce within... Like, now where everybody's happy because it's, well, it's the intra-squad games, right? It's These intra-squad games, it's a lot easier for the forwards than it is for the defensemen because, well, whether it be Semin or any of the forwards, they could easily go around the defensemen because, well, P.K. Subban won't try to stop. Well, he's not going to be physical against Alex Semin. So it's a much more uh, forward game than it is for a defenseman. But I don't know if this is going to last long-term because I see these guys maybe struggling, have not producing after a couple of games, and Terry getting impatient, and then shuffling the the lines once again. I think you're and right. Think, um, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. But um, fortunately for Galchaniak, Semin is on that line. So I think you're going to see um, Galchaniak and Eller kept together, and Semin is going to be, we know Semin can't, produces the consistent effort, he's going to be in Tarion's doghouse. We know that. So I think you're going to see somebody else fill in on that right side. But he's going to be a bigger uh, offender, let's say, to Tarion uh, than Galchenyuk would. So that, in a backwards kind of way, that might benefit Galchenyuk. But uh, at the same time, Rick, I'm not sure if you agree. I think at a one-year, $1. million contract that Alex Semin was signed for, uh, I think it was a it's a it's a risk that was worth it. Low money, he's getting paid less than Tory Mitchell is getting paid, but that's a whole different story. But a one year one point million dollars, I think it was worth the risk the Canadians took. I I agree completely with you. Um but I think, you know, once the season starts, the the contracts, the money, none of that means anything to Terrian if if Semin is is you know not not playing defense, not not back checking, not giving a full effort. I think he's going to be dropped to the fourth line, much like Gary Seacatch, uh, or he'll be sitting in the press box, and you're going to see Daniel Carr or or uh, Charles Sudan or um, uh, San Andrew Ghetto uh, in that spot. And that's fine. One point one million dollars for one year. I don't think that's a, it's a big deal, and I don't think the coach will get uh, much heat on it. Alex Semin, he was asked, uh, I guess, what is what his objective is this season, and well, he kept it nice and simple. Okay. Score a goal, win the game. That's it. So there he goes. Score <laughs> goals and win the game. And well, if he does that, he's done it in. Well, he's helped his team do that in uh, the inter squad games. Hopefully, that will carry on to preseason and the regular season. And well. Alex Semin, you could say he was a replacement to a PA Paranto, and well, I think it's uh, it is an upgrade over uh, Paranto, who was bought out during the off season. It will cost the Canadians 1.3 million over the uh, next two seasons. 
So we spoke about that line, uh, Lars Zeller, Galchenyuk, and Semin. So with Galchenyuk playing down the middle, that means Canes have a lot of centers on their, their roster. There's Thomas Plekanec, there's David Dernay, there's Lars Zeller, and Alex Galchenyuk, and there's Tori Mitchell. And, you know, I could probably go on, I could probably uh, throw off another five sentiment on the team. And Rick... Uh, I know that you're that uh, you're supportive of Lars Zeller, and were you surprised that he was the one moved to the wing and not somebody like uh, David Dernay? Well, um, you know, a little bit. Um, I I just I just think that Lars Zeller is much more effective as a center. I think he's an excellent uh, center. He he knows how to play the position. He He's good both ends of the ice. Um, and, you know, um, if he would, had just been moved to to the wing um, with, you know, Thomas Buchanan, or I, I don't think it would have worked. But but the kind of game that Alex Galchenyuk plays, um, he's, he's all over the place as well. I think... Um, I think this can work. I think this is the only place I'd like to see Lars Eller on the wing, on the left side of, of Alex Galchenyuk. Um, otherwise, I'd, I'd like to see him right back at center. Um, and you're right, there are, you know, um, as you look down the roster, there are uh, a load of centers. Um, McCarron now has been moved to center. Uh, Jacob De La Rose is a natural center. And I think there's going to be some real interesting um, tweaking as we, we look at the third and fourth lines. Um, Right now we've we've got uh Terrian's got Dearnay centering the, the third line. Um Dilla Rose was on the left side with Weiss um for one of the games and then um that was switched and uh Flynn was moved in uh to the left side of Dearnay. Um Mitchell Cassian and either Dilla Rose or, or Flynn for the fourth line. Um and the interesting part of that for me, uh watching this is that leaves uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly on the outside looking in. He's on the bubble right now because he's been practicing with um, Charles Sudan and San Andergato, both likely will end up in um, St. John's. Um, you know, he he uh, committed to, to getting in better shape over the, the, um, the summer. He said that that the East was much faster and he had to drop some weight and improve his speed. Uh, so he's, I think he, he lost about a dozen pounds. He's down to about 211. Um, but as it sits now, he's about the 13th or 14th forward. Um, and and I, I haven't seen anything in training camp that would, you know, change that, move him up. Uh, and as well, there's the kids knocking on the door, whether it be, um, you know, the, the four kids um uh practiced with the with the NHLers the main group today that was Andrew Ghetto, Daniel Carl, Carr, uh Udon and McCarron. Uh so those guys are are pushing. We also have uh Fleischman there on a on a professional tryout. Um and he was on the left side of Placanitz uh, and Gallagher kind of being the placeholder for Pacioretty. Scored a really nice penalty shot goal. Um, on um, Tukarski, I believe, 
uh, in the red-white game. So I, I, there's a real competition towards the bottom of the roster, and I think um, there are, are going to be some surprises uh, yet to happen. Um, you know, Mark Bergevin always says that, that he lets players force his hand, and um, Devontae Smith-Pelly is going to have to do something to force his hand uh, to make sure that he's on the opening night roster. Well, uh, we're going to take our, our last break of this episode. On the other side, we'll, uh, it will be our truth or false segment. And, well, we're going to continue this conversation because, well, Rick, he's assuming that uh, Max Pacioretty will be matched up with uh, Thomas Plekanitz. Well, maybe he won't. We'll talk about that and more on the other side. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Search Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on Allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G. at Chris G. 1980, along with Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs here in this episode 146 of the Habs 360 podcast for this uh, Monday, September 21st, uh, 2015. So before we go on the break, we were talking about uh, the, the lines that we saw, that we've seen so far in the scrimmages. And Rick, you've you've been assuming that Max Pacioretty will be will be matched up with Plekanitz and Gallagher, and you think Fleischman right now is being a placeholder. But we know that the coach loves that duo of Max Pacioretty and 
David Derne. And also we've seen in uh, most of the scrimmages, actually if not all of them, David Derne play with Dale Weiss. Last season, we did see Dale Weiss play on the first line. So, is it out of is it would it be out of the question that we see a line of Pacioretty, Dernay, and Dale Weiss, and that Fleischman stays exactly where he is right now? Um, if if that's the first line, given all the changes that have been made, um, if that's the first line of your Montreal Canadiens, uh, that is. Dernay, Pacioretty, and Dale Weiss. Uh, I'm not saying that they won't get matched up at, at some point during the season, but if that's your opening night line, your first line, um, Michelle Therrien is asking to be fired. Um, <laughs> he, is, he is begging to be fired because that would be, it, after all that Mark Bergevin has done to um, give players to, to Therrien to work with, if he can't let go of, of David Dernay um, and puts him on the first line to opening night, he's he's asking to be. One of the reasons that the Canadians have not had, had uh, offense, they've had trouble scoring goals, is because they've relied on uh, Dernay as their first line center, their first guy, uh, out, their first center out on the power play, taking the first wave. Um, much has been said about Dernay and the chemistry that exists um, with Pacioretty. Um, I'm, if you look at the numbers, it's a myth. It's an absolute myth. Uh, David Dernay uh, benefits from Max Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty does not benefit from David Dernay. Um, David Dernay has the highest percentage of anybody on this team and, and probably most teams of second assists. Uh, that is he's, he's, he's on the right play. He's, he happens to be on the ice when, when one of his line mates scores, uh, Dale Weiss last year had more first, uh, primary points with Max Pacioretty than David Darren did. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen. I think David Darren will be your third line, um, center and he will be lucky to, to have that. He should cling to that position and be lucky to have it. Uh, the Canadians have better talent right now on this team and more coming, more on the way than David Darnay. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying that, that, you know, Tarion likes to play his favorites and he like goes to back to that comfort level when, when the team gets in trouble. So you're going to see it, but but not opening night. On uh, July 1st, on the free agent uh, frenzy, fans were expecting Mark Bergevin to hit the home run and try to get a, an offensive forward. And, well, the only news we got on that day, well, I guess the biggest news we got on that day was the Canadians trading with the Vancouver Canucks. They acquired Zach Cassian and a fifth-round draft pick for Brandon Prest, who uh, who got sent over to Vancouver, and I gotta tell you, this I was surprised the Canadians gave up. Uh, sorry, well, not they gave up on Brandon Prest, they gave up Brandon Prest. But at the same time, I also did find it weird last season at Garbage Bag Day that everybody met 
the media except for Brandon Press. So maybe there's more to that story than uh, than we know. But on my end, Rick, I think uh, this is a this was a good trade for the Montreal Canadiens. Zach Cassian he has more potential of uh, of being a scorer than uh, than Brandon Prest. He's younger and he's also a smaller uh, cap hit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with you um, that Zach Cassian has had his his troubles, uh, no doubt. He's battled with inconsistency, with with a, a compete level, uh, but he seems to have a, a pretty good attitude right now, um, as you might expect. And I think there's an opportunity for um, that leadership group to to mold him a bit. Um, he knows that this is, you know, this is one of his last chances, and um, he certainly has the tools to be able to contribute and you know, as much as we loved Brandon Prust, um, those his skills were declining. Both, uh, you know, being exposing himself to injury, taking on bigger opponents, um, and even slowing down. Um, so, and, and and I think there was a little more to it. You remember the the um, embarrassment he brought to the, the team um, with uh, the interaction with the officials. Um, I, I think there was a little bit more to it than than uh, met the eye there, um, but I think this is a good new start for for uh, Zach Cassian. I think that that we, many of us were surprised. One of the names that I was promoting was Justin Williams, and interestingly enough, just about a week or so ago, we learned that the Canadians were in on the Justin Williams sweepstakes, and in fact, um, according to reports offered more money uh, than did the Washington Capitals, but for whatever reason, whether it be fit for his family, fit um, with line mates, uh, whatever it might have been, um, less media to deal with, Justin Williams chose to go to the Washington Capitals. So um, we we always think that the Canadians are a top destination for free agents. It turns out that, you know, there are – uh, the intangibles that that play into it, um, whether it be media, whether it be language laws, whether it be schooling for kids, whether it be weather, um, that that some free agents choose against coming to Montreal, and it sounds like that's happened in in the case of Justin Williams. Yeah, and I guess when you have the option of playing with uh, Alex Ovechkin or with David Dernay, I think the choice is uh, is pretty simple. <laughs> you choose uh, Alex Ovechkin, so. So that's a perfect segue to uh, what I wanted to discuss next is, to me, as soon as the Canadians acquired Zach Cassian and assigned Alex Salmon, to me, it's it was like a, I don't know if it was a panic move, but it was, they were definitely plan Bs. It wasn't players that, uh, that I think at the end of last season, Bergevin had on his uh, radar to say, you know what, during the offseason, I'm going for uh, Alex Salmon. And um, and Cassian, because even though Terrien, he and Bergevin, both of them, they keep saying that the Canadians offensively or their system is working fine. I think it's pretty obvious that the Canadians do need help with uh, with scoring. So Alex Semin, he's a roll of a dice. Uh, Zach Cassian, he has the potential to you know to score at least fifteen. 
20 goals. So I think at the end of the season, Mark Bergevin will be seen as a genius or as the worst GM. I, I don't think it will be anything in between because if they both work, he's, he looks great. If they don't work, he he doesn't. And that being said, Rick, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I don't think Mark Bergevin has done enough, at least as of now, to address the uh, the lack of scoring, like the scoring needs that the Canadians need. No, I think you're right, and um, you know we we maybe we don't know some of the things that he had in mind. Um, you know, it's clear we know one of the things that was Justin Williams, and that kind of fits with the kind of of person that we would have liked to have seen the the Canadians bring in. Um, you know, it's it's pretty clear that that um, he was dealing with Plan B or C or D. Um, for some of these these moves, and I think the difficulty for Mark Bergevin is that um, when you look at Semin, when you look at Fleischman, when you look at um, Devontae Smith, Pelly, when you look at Cassian, these are all high risk, high reward. Um, uh, and I'm not uh, sorry, because uh, not in a sense where where it's a cap hit or anything like that, but it, it is a roll of the dice. Um, these these moves can either look really good or really bad. Uh, Semin can come in here and, and, you know, look like a sniper, or he can look like, um, you know, uh, the lazy player that he was um, the, the last few years and, and uh, with, with teams anxious to get rid of him. Um, I... I, I I, I don't see that that Bergeron has has made that that move that is going to put the Canadians over the top. Um, but you wonder, you know, um, if he brought in all of these the, this offensive talent, w- would it fit in the kind of, of system that they're playing, the kind of style of play that Michelle Terrian likes to play? Um, so, you know, he's he's kind of I, I see him as as building a competitive team, um, not necessarily building a championship team. Um, and uh, in that way, um, maybe that's maybe that's what what his bosses demand is is that you build a competitive team to be looking like you're doing something, to be to be in the playoffs, to be in the hunt. And whether they win the championship or not, it's it's not such a big deal. Um, I'd want I'd want my general manager to to do anything he could to win bring a championship. 1993's um, uh, you know a long way away. Not 67, but um, it's out of reach for at least a, a generation of Canadian fans. And it's time for the Canadians to to make this push for a cup, particularly when Carey Price is at his prime. All right, so now for our, one of our new segments, Truth or False. So let me explain to you. It'll be uh, pretty simple. uh, I'll be making three statements, obviously one at a time, and we'll be saying if it's uh, true or false. I know it's all for fun, but we'll keep track and uh, to uh, on the results, and we'll see how we'll go uh, throughout the uh, the outcomes during the season. So we'll go with the first one on uh, July 10th. It was announced that Max Pacioretty suffered a knee injury during some off-ice training in Florida 
and the recovery was expected to be 12 weeks. So Max Pacioretty, he's already been skating in the Brossard. He's been skating alone. So we still don't know if he'll be ready for the opening night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the first true or false statement is Max Pacioretty will play on opening night. And while I'll take this one first, and I'll say that it's true. I think Max Pacioretty, from what we've seen in the past, we've already seen that he started skating alone in uh, in Brossard. He was just named the 29th captain of the team, and I think he'll definitely do what it takes to uh, be there against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. What about you, Rick? True. Uh, I I think he'll be there. Um, one because of the way he heals. One uh, another reason because of the way he's looking as he's skating. Um, and and thirdly, you know, people say that the the exhibition, the preseason, doesn't mean anything. Well, these lines mean something. And if you were worried about Max Pacioretty um, not being um, there for opening night, you wouldn't have Thomas Fleischman on a professional tryout contract on your first line. He is simply there as insurance in case something goes wrong or a placeholder. Um, Pacioretty will be there opening night. The second statement well, we know Alex Galchenyuk was announced that he'll be playing uh, center. So the statement is Alex Galchenyuk will play the first 20 games of the season at center. And naturally, it's the first 20 games that Galchenyuk does play. So if he gets injured, those games don't count. So, Rick, I'll let you uh, go first. False. Um, and and that's that's not that I'm I'm expecting him not to succeed. I think he'll play the majority of the games uh, at center this season, but I think the way it's been set up, whether it be for face-off reasons, whether it be for whatever reason, uh, and, and simply because Tarion likes to change his lines, um, I, I, I don't think he'll consistently play every game for the first 20 games of the season at center. Uh, and I agree as well. It's false is uh, what I put uh, as well, based on uh, the coaches uh, trends in uh, in the past he's always been not tried switching around so I don't see it any different uh, right now so the last one is well we spoke about Alex Semen and to me it looks like he was a replacement to a PA parent of the Toronto Maple Leafs so the statement is Alex Semen will score more goals than PA Paranto this season and well I see it's true, right? It can't can't be any worse than Pierre Paranto and well Paranto's playing on a um a uh, not a good Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I think Semin will definitely beat uh Paranto. What about you, Rick? I saw uh, this is terrible. I'm agreeing with we've we've agreed on everything. This is <laughs> it shouldn't be this way. Yes, I think uh, Alex Salmon will score more goals than P.A. Parento. You, on a bad ankle, could score more goals than <laughs> P.A. Parento. Yes, Salmon will get more goals than... Parento scored tonight in uh, in preseason against the Ottawa Senators. So but he should celebrate hard because uh, it won't happen too often during the <laughs> uh, If we just go on Twitter for a couple of comments, first one comes in from uh, Marp in regards to did the Canadians make enough changes in the off season and uh, Marp 
writes, Nope was expecting big trades, including Plekanets and Emelin and uh, Tenorti. So, so thank you very much for the tweet, Marp. And then PK Subang, he writes, No, I think it's going to be another painful year of dump and chase, grind hockey, as much as I hate the word grind. So he doesn't see much like there'll be much change on uh, that front. All right, some uh, some sad news before we go. We heard this weekend about the passing of former Montreal Canadian Todd Ewan at the age of uh, 49 years old. So our thoughts and prayers uh, to uh, to the family of uh, of Todd Ewan. Je suis fier de marcher dans la part de mon idole Jean Beliveau. En redonnant à la collectivité pour mon implication et mon soutien. Madame Beliveau, j'espère faire honneur à votre mari. So that we heard the P.K. Subban earlier this week about making a, a f- commitment to uh, the Montreal Children's Hospital for $10 million. So we wanted to end uh, today's episode a little bit more of uh, ha- happy news. So great commitment, quite a gesture from uh, P.K. Subban and a classy move where uh, he did, uh, I would say, a good chunk, if not most of his speech in uh, in French. And while we all know that how important that is in this uh, market, Montreal Canadiens playing three games, three preseason games until our next episode, starting off tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Bell Centre, 7.30 p.m. start, a game that could be seen on RDS. And if you're in the Leafs region, it could be seen on TSN4. And for the Leafs fans, well, you probably think Leafs region is coast to coast, but that's not the case. Leafs region is in Toronto, okay, maybe Belleville, maybe Orangeville, but outside of that, nobody likes Toronto Maple Leafs. Nobody wants to watch them. So you guys can watch the games yourselves there on the TSN4. Thursday night's game again at the Bell Center at 7.30 p.m. start against the Washington Capitals, a game that could be seen in RDS. And then on Friday night, the Chicago Blackhawks are in town to face the Canadians at 7.30. Once again, it could be seen on RDS. And, well, if you're in the U.S., it could be seen on the NHL network. Rick, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thrilled to be here again. And before I go, I'll just we've been talking about forwards a lot tonight. I'm just going to direct everybody to go to allhabs.net, look along the right side. Our poll of the week is which forward has the best chance of making the Habs opening night roster uh, up there, we have Daniel Carr, Charles Houdon, Tom Fleischman, Mike McCarron, Sven Andergato. Register your vote because we want to hear from you. Yeah, and that will be something definitely we'll, we'll be keeping an eye out uh, during the training camp. Also coming up next week, we'll be talking about, well, there's an overflow of defensemen. There's nine NHL defensemen on the Canadian roster right now, so we'll see how that's going to work out. There'll be a couple of preseason games that will be played. And, well, the Canadians will have played some three-on-three overtime hockey, so we'll see how that looks for the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, like Rick said, Terry has made some excellent decisions. 
maybe he'll make some more <laughs> on this uh, three-on-three hockey as well. So we'll be back again next. Well, coming up on Saturday, in a couple of days at 2 p.m. Eastern, back to regular time slot for another edition of the Habits 360 podcast. My name is Christy at Christy Knitty. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the preseason. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.